to our gospel readings. From the first Sunday of Lent to Palm Sunday, they're kind of a journey throughout salvation history, showing God's work among the people as he tries to draw them back to himself. In our first reading, we heard that famous encounter between God and Moses on Mount Horeb in the account of the burning bush. And he reveals himself to Moses by explaining who he has been in the lives of Moses' people, who he is now, what he will do for them, and who he will be for them in the future. He is the God of the covenant, who sees the slavery of the people and who will act to free them from bondage. And when Moses is given the task of going to the Israelites and and to Pharaoh, he then asks, well, who shall I say sent me? And God gives him two important names that both refer to himself, Yahweh and Elohim, Lord and God. One name reveals who God is in himself, that he is God from all eternity, the one God who existed before anything was ever created. And the other name reveals who God is in relation to us and in relation to creatures in salvation history. It reveals that as awesome and mighty and powerful as he is, he's not an absentee God. He's also a God who wants to enter into a covenant with us, who wants to live out a life of relationship with us, to be part of our lives. Because he's created us for himself, and as St. Augustine tells us, our hearts are restless until they rest in him. And as the people of Israel wandered far from him throughout history, too often do we also fall away through sin and temptation. These restless hearts of ours, they chase after things that only leave us more restless, and they leave us hungrier and thirstier than before. And it's only in coming back to our Lord in repentance and sorrow for our sins that we will find refreshment for ourselves. And this refreshment via the way of repentance really is what Lent is about. And that's why the church provides us with the gospel reading that we just heard. Jesus begins by using the examples of the massacre of the Galileans and the people who were killed when the Tower of Siloam collapsed. And in doing so, he draws a comparison here between our physical and our spiritual lives. He's showing that there isn't always a connection between our physical death and a sin that we commit. God is not sitting in heaven with the divine fly swatter ready to just kind of swat us out of existence if we fall. However, if we do not repent, our Lord says, we too will likewise perish as those people did. And here Jesus is speaking of the spiritual death that will occur if we do not repent, if we do not turn from our sin, if we live a life of unrepentant sin and aren't seeking with the help of his grace to overcome human weakness, then we will be cut off from God. Because God is a just God, but he is a God whose justice, we have to remember, is tempered by mercy. And to explain this aspect, Jesus, he uses the example of the barren fig tree. He says that the owner of the orchard tells the gardener that since this tree has not borne fruit for three years, then he should cut it down. But the gardener tells the owner, you know, be patient. 
to allow him to, to cultivate the soil and to fertilize it with the hope that even this bad tree could somehow bear good fruit. And as I was thinking about this parable, I was reminded of a story, and some of you may have heard it before, from Archbishop Fulton Sheen in a talk of his titled, The Divine Invasion. In this talk, he shared a story about a man he once visited in the hospital. His sister had written him about her brother, saying that he was dying in the hospital and he had been away from the sacraments for about 30 years. She said he had led not just a bad life, but that he was an evil man who sought to destroy goodness in others, corrupting the youth and uh, circulating pamphlets to destroy both faith and morals. And she wrote that about 20 priests had visited her brother and he had all thrown them out of his room. He, had, he wanted nothing to do with them. The archbishop went to visit him and his first visit lasted just about five seconds. But instead of just making one visit, he went back each night for 40 days, eventually making it to 10 to 15 minutes with this man but never bringing up the subject of his soul. However, on the the 40th night, he brought our Lord in Holy Communion, and he brought along with him as well the holy oils with the hope of anointing this man and reconciling him to God before he died. And he said to him, William, you're going to die tonight. And the man replied, I know. And so Bishop Sheen, he said, I'm sure you want to make your peace with God. He said, I do not. Get out. And the archbishop said, well, I'm not alone. And the man said, who's with you? He said, I've brought our Lord in Holy Communion. Surely you don't want him to leave, do you? And the man was silent. And so Bishop Sheen, he knelt down alongside the man's bed for about 15 minutes because he had the Blessed Sacrament with him. And after praying, he repeated again, William, I'm sure you want to make your peace with God before you die. And he said, I do not. Get out. And he started screaming for the nurse. And so in order to stop him, Bishop Sheen, he got up and ran for the door, making it look like he was going to leave. But immediately after, he ran back to the man's bedside and he put his head down next to William's in the bed. And he said to him, just promise me one thing, William. Before you die tonight, you will say, my Jesus, mercy. And again, William said to him, I will not. Get out. And so Bishop Sheen, he left, and he told the nurse as he was leaving uh, that if the man wanted him to come back during the night, he would. And then about four o'clock in the morning, the nurse called, and she said, Bishop, he just died. And before hanging up, The archbishop said, can you tell me, uh, how did he die? And she said, well, about a minute after you left, he began saying, my Jesus mercy. And he never stopped saying it until he died. Had it not been for the actions of Archbishop Sheen, the cultivating and the tilling of the soil of this man's heart, the rotten tree of his life would have been cut down cut off completely from God for all eternity. But like the good thief who stole heaven while on the cross next to Jesus, this man, 
repentant in his last moments, he reached out to mercy, and mercy took his hand. The recognition of our sinfulness and weakness really is to have only one good fruit. That's repentance. We acknowledge what we've done, the bad fruit of our sinful actions, and the bad fruit that our sinful actions have borne, and how they've injured our relationship with God and others. We realize this, and we say, enough. I don't want this anymore. And then, pulling a 180, we turn our backs on our old ways of life, and we follow Christ unreservedly. Any guilt and shame from our past, we leave in the confessional because we were never meant to carry those weights, and our Lord doesn't want us to carry them anymore. And then once we've experienced the transforming power of his grace, then, like Archbishop Sheen, we are to help bring about the good fruit in our brothers and sisters by calling them to repentance, as we too have been called to it. For as the parable shows us, God, who wants our salvation more than we do, is patient and willing to work with us. But we cannot wait until it's too late and we've lost our chance to bear good fruit. And so as we've almost reached our midway point in our Lenten journey, we need to take some time to evaluate whether or not our Lenten disciplines, our fasting, and things that we have chosen to do are bearing fruit in our relationship with God and our brothers, brothers and sisters around us. Because if they're not, then with God's grace, for the rest of Lent, we have some work to do. Because ultimately, everything that we do these 40 days should be leading us to that, to repentance, helping us appreciate more deeply what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, what he saved us from, and what he offers to us if we so choose to accept it. That's a relationship with the Trinity in this life so that we can be with them in the next. Amen.